Lighthouse Live is pre-recorded before a live audience. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. So good to have you with us, especially those of you listening over the International Podcasting Network all around the world. Great to have you with us as we broadcast here from the front room of advancing vibrant communities with all the buses and the sirens and all that excitement. We never know what the sirens are about. We're always hoping they're not coming for any of us. Yeah, well, so far they haven't taken me away, but you know, that, uh, that could be coming up. You never know. Just a reminder, friends, if you'd like like uh, to get some information on opportunities to serve uh, in uh, the community here, or if you'd like some tips on how to get people outside the four walls of their homes and churches to connect with needs in the community, you're welcome to visit our website, www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org. Before we go on, let's check in with our weekly visit with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak. It's second century Rome. Justin Martyr is a respected pagan philosopher. But seeing Christians willingly die for their faith consumes him with curiosity. So he reads the scriptures and converts. He even opens a school of Christian philosophy in Rome. As his last act, Justin offers his martyrdom as a witness for Christ, saying... For though we are beheaded and crucified, we do not forsake the confession of our faith. But the more things of this kind which happen to us, the more are there others who become believers through the name of Jesus. Are you a Jesus freak? Call the Voice of the Martyrs at 800-75-VOICE. And back with you here live on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and uh, our projects foreman here overseeing us today, Big John Engel, <laughs> yes. uh, with us in studio as well. And Elaine, uh, some great uh, partners in our ministries uh, coming up in a couple of minutes. Yes, we are so excited to have SEPA with us, and that stands for Stanislaw Elder Abuse Prevention Alliance. And we're going to talk about all kinds of things tonight, so hope that you will uh, remain for the entirety. And Big John's listening very carefully about that, right, John? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, and the need is so great, yes, Elaine. We serve is. so many mm-hmm. uh, seniors, and, and we see so many uh, tragic types of situations where uh, people uh, sometimes are just abandoned, right. you know, by their families and uh, have uh, really no connection with the outside. Others are being victimized sometimes by financial scams. I mean, there's just a whole uh, litany of uh, issues, and so we're privileged tonight to be able yes. to talk about some of those and uh, more importantly, talk about some of those solutions as well. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, though, let's check in with our friend Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute. 
It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. When churches minister to the addicted and destitute, their neighbors are often uncomfortable. In fact, often local officials try to zone them out or deny essential permits. Such was the case recently for an evangelical church in Northern California. You see, the church needed to remodel in order to expand their ministry to the most needy in their community. But the county finally decided to cooperate after one of our affiliate attorneys made it clear to them that federal law gives churches the right to use their property to fulfill their mission goals. After all, your church's ministries are simply too important. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And just a reminder, you can also reach them toll-free at 1-888-305-9129. That's 1-888-305-9129. And Elaine, uh, speaking of uh, serving, we just had a great time. Oh, we did. Last Saturday as we went out and and wiped out a whole bunch of graffiti Mm. in the game. In fact... You know, those kids, junior high kids out there wiping out gang graffiti. And I think, you know, with the number of kids we had, we wiped out more than we ever have that with that number of people, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yes, it's just a, in record time, too, I think. And and they didn't paint each other, you know, which was <laughs> an amazing, amazing thing. And uh, anyway, uh, thanks to uh, Mandy Riley and, yes. and the good folks from mm. Modesto Covenant Church for partnering with us last Saturday in that graffiti wipeout. Thanks to the young men and women right. uh, from their junior high who helped us out. And I noticed, uh, you know, uh, as cars would drive by, you know, a lot of the people would, would kind of look at us and then uh-huh. very quickly put their thumb up, yes. you know, put it down. So Uh, Of course, uh, there's that intimidation in the neighborhood. So it helps for us to be able to come in and uh, do that for them and uh, give them a sense of pride and ownership, again, of their neighborhood. Absolutely. And what was really precious was that these young people uh, prayed over the sites, over the neighborhoods, and and they prayed for the gang bangers who paint this graffiti tagging on. And it was just a a real blessing, a win-win situation, I say. We have some volunteer opportunities for you, dear friend. This comes from the Volunteer Center of the United Way. You can help out with the American Heart Association as they prepare for their 15th annual American Heart Walk under the big top. Now that sounds like a circus, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) This is to promote physical activity and heart healthy living uh, and a fun family environment. physical activity is a circus, (laughs) but that's another story. That's another show. That's another show. The signature fundraising is going to take place on Saturday, September 16th at the Modesto Junior College East Campus, and volunteers are needed, friends, between 5.30 a.m. I know that's a little early for some, but uh, from 5.30 till noon, because you're the sum. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) from noon until noon to assist with setup and tear down uh, and help register participants, staff rest stops, and just kind of serve refreshments on the course and and help with the fun children's activities Mm -hmm. and and face painting. So this will be a a fun event. That might be an improvement in my case. Maybe. All participants are, are treated to a continental breakfast and lunch, so mm. they feed you well. That's a that's a good thing. Uh, prizes, giveaways, and and just live entertainment, um, and again, just lots of family fun. And and once again, it's just an opportunity for you to get out and meet people and establish relationships. The American Heart Association is the largest voluntary health organization fighting heart disease, stroke, and other cardiovascular diseases in local communities throughout America. What a great effort! Great awesome. effort. 
Also, the fourth annual Neighbors in Health Fair. Hey, it's a kind of a, a, a health it's conspiracy. A healthy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> or conspiracy or something, I'm not sure. The free community health fair for the medically un uninsured and underinsured, and this is huge, is going to be held on Sunday, uh, August 20th from 8 a.m. to 3, and that's at Kaiser Permanente Central Valley Facilities in Manteca, Modesto, and Stockton. Uh, medical professionals are going to provide free services, including a dental exam, a children's uh, clinic with hearing, vision, a school entry exam, and sports exam. Uh, that's important. Also, special women's exam, uh, mammograms and, and men's physicals as well. Some HIV counseling, and there's no charge for the laboratory and pharmacy services for the day of the fair. This is really a, a good thing. Volunteers are needed, this is where we come in, to assist in all aspects of the fair, including non-medical volunteers, bilingual English-Spanish interpreters are needed to assist the physicians uh, with patient contact and the test results once they come in, and just kind of help direct the patients where they need to go during the fair. An information booth will be there and lots of games for the children and so again another an opportunity uh, for you to volunteer three volunteer shifts available volunteers also need to assist with setup on saturday august 19th and the faith in action program of oak valley hospital asks you to lend a helping hand to older adults and their caregivers with the Faith in Action program. Uh, volunteers assist frail, elderly, or chronically ill uh, clients with simple chores. Grocery shopping, we can relate to that, right? Friendly visiting and just to provide a respite uh, for caregivers. And this is just huge, friends. Drivers and male volunteers are especially needed. Uh, younger volunteers under 16 are also welcome. The Faith in Action program helps the aging maintain uh, their independence by providing respite care, friendly visits and assistance with chores and activities. That is so important. It is yeah, very, uh, a very big thing. And if you have any uh, further questions on any of these items, friends, you can contact Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. It's 209-524-1307, extension 113. We have a couple of items to tell you about on the calendar you might want to make a note of. It's Faith Nights at the Ballpark. And uh, we're talking uh, Modesto, John Thurman Field, uh, Tuesday, August 22nd, where there's going to be a pregame concert by the group Audio Adrenaline, mm. a special appearance by Veggie Tales, Bob the Tomato, I Larry the Cucumber. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, That's my speed. Yes. Tiles, so. You should be there. Modesto yeah. Nuts versus Visalia Oaks, and the game starts at 7.05. The concert starts at 5.45. Ticket price is $14. And uh, to purchase tickets, you can call area code 209 and this is going to be a great outreach, uh, great for church-wide fellowship, and an outreach to people that don't have a church home. So yeah. that would be a, a great time, once again, to meet people uh, and make those relationships. And then on, uh, let's see, Thursday, coming up, August 24th, the Stanislaw County Faith Community Volunteers, lay ministers, and clergy can learn about protecting and helping our seniors. And that's coming up Thursday, October, uh, August. We're not October yet, 24th, <laughs> and it starts at 11.30 a.m. Uh, and goes till 1. This is going to take place at the Salida Library Community Room, and uh, it's a lot of things to learn.
learn um, and just take part in. And we are going to uh, learn a lot more about that because protecting and helping our seniors, that's a power pack statement, isn't it? Can isn't I, can I a, slip something in real you quick certainly can. before we leave the calendar? Yes. Come This just in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We have the little ticker just tape in. thing going here. <laughs> Mercy Me concert. Yes. Mercy yes. Me concert coming up oh. on uh, Saturday, August 26th. It'll be held at Cal State Stanislaw Turlock at the University. Eight doors open at 6.30 p.m. The concert is at 8 o'clock p.m. That's Mercy Me in, con- in concert with Miles McPherson. And uh, here's what we want to pass along to you. For people who may make first-time decisions for Christ that mm-hmm. night, uh, if you're listening to us in the Modesto area, we need churches to follow up with these people, especially if they happen to be in your neighborhood. So if uh, you and or your church is interested in following up with these individuals who may make decisions that night, again, it's the Mercy Me concert with Miles McPherson, Saturday, August 26th at Cal State Stanislaw Turlock. It's free. Yes, It's going to be packed out. Uh, oh, that's 8 p.m. Doors open at 6.30. Uh, please let us know if you're willing to follow up because they're going to be sending us some names of... Uh, individuals who may make decisions that night, and we want to be able to contact them and connect them with a local church. So uh, wherever you are in the Modesto area, please let us know. Give us a call at AVC, and we would love to uh, be able to put some of those folks in contact with you. Our number, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, don't be sorry (laughs) at all. What a great time. Mercy me. That'll be a, a fun time. Well, protecting and helping our seniors years is also uh, another thing that we need to uh, certainly concern ourselves with and, and become involved with. And we are so pleased to have with us from SEPA uh, this week, Tammy Menezes and Monica Ramos. Welcome to the show, girls. Thank you, Elaine. We're happy to be here. Well, we're so glad that you're here. And Monica's just back from a week's vacation and, and ready to, to get back at it. I know you guys are very busy in serving a tremendous population in our community. Maybe just begin by uh, telling us, first of all, um, how you became involved. And, and Tammy, why don't you start us off? How did you get into doing this type of work? Well, that's something I've asked myself a couple of <laughs> couple of months now. I've actually just been doing this type of work since April of this year. Wow. And I became aware of this type of work, this outreach, actually through a conversation with Monica here. And she explained to me what was happening, what this what this group did, what this organization did. And I I heard that and I really began to think about it a lot. And um I ended up asking her if this position was open and applied for it. And um, left my previous job. And where I'd, what I'd was been, your previous job? I was the director of marketing and sales for a subcontractor. Okay, okay. You guys go back a ways, right? We do. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Since April, and I, I have to say, Tammy, that you just came in, just just jumped in with both feet, and you really got busy. You rolled up your sleeves, and you are really doing things at SEPA. Thank you, Elaine. I appreciate that. It's really it's been a very very enjoyable job. It's never finished. Um, there are, there are a lot of rewards. I especially have enjoyed working and getting to know the different faith communities. I thought I had known most of them because I've been in this area my entire life, but there are so many good people from different denominations who really do want to do good, and they really do care about this part of our population. So it's been very rewarding getting to know them. Well, and it's a growing need, and, and one that is not likely to tail off for a couple generations no. anyway, right? No. Unfortunately, it's a very... It is a growing need, and accompanying that, though, is a growing 
um, segment of our population who wants to take advantage of that population. Mm, And that's what we're trying to do is put out awareness, information, training. um, And that's why we're here tonight, though, in particular for the faith communities to let them know what they can do, what they can look for. Exactly. Um, It's very, very important, especially this past month with the heat-related elder deaths. Um, Of course, we've been planning this for some months. But it just brought, again, before everyone, the the awareness that they need extra help. They need extra sets of eyes, and they need, you know, hearts to be looking out for them. That's right. That's right. Monica, it takes a special heart to do what you do. Tell us about yours. Again, you know, kind of tripped into um, working with Catholic Charities and SEPA by accident. I had been uh, a stay-at-home mom for the last 10 or 12 wow, years. Right. Um, you know, about the time our children hit junior high, we pulled the reins in and, and um, I was the taxi <laughs> driver and, <laughs> and all of that. And uh, last fall, about this time of year, I was, my son was um, in Biloxi, Mississippi in the Air Force at the time when Hurricane Katrina hit. Wow. And of course, I was just glued um, to the television, CNN and, and whatnot. And, um, I heard, you know, quite by accident listening to the radio that um, there were hurricane evacuees coming into uh, San Francisco. And so I called Catholic Charities in Stockton, again, not really knowing too much about what they would be involved in. And and uh, one thing led to another, and they asked me to, um, you know, come in and, and talk to them and see. And I ended up then, you know, on a part-time basis helping with the coordinating some of the Catholic Charities' efforts to assist with the evacuees, uh, particularly in San Joaquin County, where there were you know upwards of 400 at one point. Um, so was was doing that with both you know Stanislaus and San Joaquin County last fall, and then um, was asked to uh, you know to, to thought I would be done by the holiday. <laughs> it's funny how that works, <laughs> Just, isn't you it? know. Yeah. <laughs> finally, you know, decided that perhaps I ought to um, trust a little. <laughs> <laughs> that there must be a reason why I made that initial call and um, decided to, to go ahead and accept this position after the first of the year oh, in Stanislaus County, which is home, and, and it has been wonderful. I've been, uh, you know, um, uh, running into folks who I had worked with years ago mm-hmm. and, and uh, just just been a lot of fun. Well, it's funny how God connects all those dots. You know, whatever we've done in our lives, he tends to, uh, you know, make it all add up. And at at one point, if we're available, he can do some amazing things with the experience and the the context we have. The, The important thing, though, is to be available. And answer the call when the uh, the call goes out. That's right. You know, we think primarily uh, on this week's program of, of seniors and elderly people. It's funny how we think that, you know, being senior or elderly is somewhere down the road. I can remember when, you know, 30 seemed old. Do you remember? <laughs> I can't remember Never back that far. Over 30. <laughs> and now, now that we're boomers or, you know, and a lot of people, many uh, are retiring and you enter into a different season, I, I think, in your life. And, and nowadays, I mean, I don't think, Tammy and Monica, and, and help me out here. I don't think that senior abuse or elder abuse is something that just came on the the, the forefront, but we have more awareness today, don't we? I mean, I think it's been around for a long, long time. I, I think it's been around for a long, long time. Um, 
just reading uh, different sources that I've been reading since I've been on this job since April. I think what we have here, though, is a, a greater awareness mm-hmm. that it's here, like yes. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Just previously, I think that child abuse, for example, had been around mm-hmm. for a long time. Right. 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 Certainly domestic violence had been around for a long time, but it wasn't until the last three decades that those those two uh, abuses really got a lot of attention. They had special laws passed and a lot of advocacy going on for them. And I think that's now the case with the elder abuse. It's it's the awareness is greater. The crimes are increasing. They're getting more publicity. And this is the next new step where hopefully as a nation we can embrace this abuse and um, try to be more aware of it and try to prevent it. Well, I imagine technologically, too, uh, unfortunately, unsavory characters find new ways of being able to take advantage of seniors, especially when it comes to bank accounts and and those kind of con games and such. I think you're right on on that, that, that in in fact, some of this abuse has been around for years and years, but technology has created a whole lot of new Mm. opportunities for some unscrupulous folks out there or desperate folks. I mean, whatever their motivation is doesn't really matter, but the, uh, the victims are the ones that... We need to all be concerned with. I would imagine, given the generation, that there's an embarrassment sometimes in in Mm. coming out and saying, I got taken advantage of. You know, that sometimes there may be a reluctance to even report, you know, the crime. I think that's one of the great things about what you're doing is you also provide a very safe way for people to say, hey, I... I have been victimized. And that's so important. Yeah, there's a huge deal of embarrassment because this is all tied into as we age. We don't want to lose any of our faculties. We don't want to Mm -hmm. lose our independence. And admitting that you've been taken advantage by someone, especially financially, and if it Mm -hmm. was a great amount financially, that's going to point out to your family, neighbors nearby, that you're vulnerable, you can't take care of yourself, and there's a great deal of fear in admitting that. And that's why there's a reluctance to make the phone calls um, and then those who do that type of crime then just continue to do it again and again. And we really applaud those in Stanislaus County who are brave enough to make the phone call for their neighbor mm-hmm. and those that have yes. actually been victimized to make the phone call and say, I need help, Absolutely. Even, especially when it's a family member. And unfortunately, oftentimes it is. So that takes even greater courage. You know, I just have to commend what you all are doing uh, in putting these luncheons together because I've attended some of your your sessions where you actually inform people. You showed a, a very powerful DVD, and if you want to just maybe share that with our listeners a little bit about what is covered in this because the financial aspect is just huge, isn't it? The, uh, you know, the essence of that is is, is basically what, Tammy was just saying that so much of the time it involves um, it's a crime of opportunity and it's the opportunity, the, the uh, weapons that, that folks use mm. unfortunately are a smile they're finding people who are lonely um, and, and that that in and of itself can make them very vulnerable. You know, that's interesting. You know, we talk to people and we encourage our volunteers to, you know, begin smiling and being friendly. And, and so who do they trust? You know, you have the trust issue. And that's huge, too, isn't it? Certainly. Certainly. The, um, you know, that, that video, though, was, was just very telling in mm-hmm. terms of uh, pointing out that it doesn't need to be, you know, someone who has, has lost some of their faculties. I mean, very bright <laughs> And capable um, folks that we that are our in inspiration um, have been taken, um, mm-hmm. and that just speaks to, to how good some of these con artists 
are. Something very simple, like calling and saying you've won a vacation to Bahamas or what, whatever it happens to be. Right. And then and then it goes on to ask for information and things like that. What kinds of things, Tammy, uh, do we need to be alerted to? What kind of flags should go up? Well, first of all, if you're receiving a phone call, if someone is in their home, it doesn't matter what their age. If you're receiving a phone call and someone's trying to get information from you, trying to give information to you, did you ask them to call? If not, please hang up. Mm-hmm. Unless it's the police telling you there's an emergency, please hang up. Your bank is not going to be calling you. Um, very rarely would they call you, and if they did, they would identify themselves very well, only because it was an urgent matter. Your your credit card would only call you to verify purchases. Um, don't give information. Identity don't, theft is Don't huge. give information. Yes. Well, and, and now, and, and a lot of seniors do have internet access because uh, we, we get email from yes, them. Yes, we do. And uh, now the internet scams uh, are, are just absolutely incredible in terms of the uh, diabolical way that it looks like you know your your bank is asking you for this, or Earthlink your you know is asking you for this uh, code or whatever to your uh, web service. So uh, again, the technology has uh, has just given uh, people a great opportunity. You know, the thing with that too is that. Um, everyone is is vulnerable to yes. that. You don't have to be a senior to be vulnerable. This is true. But you know these con artists are pretty smart. There's, I mean, if they're going to target someone, wouldn't you rather target a senior who has some resources versus a 20 year old or a 22 year old who has debt, well, college and, debt, and and I think and so is, too. There's a, a, a trust. Uh, there's a generational. You know, there's a generation that's fast disappearing. You were a handshake, you know, John and I talk about this a lot, mm-hmm. where a handshake meant your word, and that was it. You didn't need a contract. You didn't need to put anything in writing. If you shake hands on it, you know, your word is good. And unfortunately, we live in a world today, in a society today, where a handshake doesn't mean anything, and certainly a word doesn't mean anything. So I think there's also a, a, a generational trust there that, that also can make them a very easy uh, victim for these types of scandals that's absolutely true pastor mike so true there is there is such a such a great deal of trust that when they someone tells them oh i'll fix it it's okay Mm -hmm. they expect they're going to fix it i just was reading today there was a case in northern california regarding a reverse mortgage where an elderly widow woman um went ahead and had someone had someone approach her a solicitor who said he was going to sell her reverse mortgage see she signed the paperwork uh for two hundred thousand dollars, even mm. though she was only looking for ten thousand, she mm. pointed out to him that it was two hundred instead of ten. He said, "Oh, don't worry, I'll fix it when it comes in." And oh, he wow. he then he then took the two hundred thousand um, dollars and took off. And she was then indebted with a brand new mortgage for two hundred thousand oh, wow. dollars. Um, there is that level of trust, and she's a woman who who understands the terms, and um, and there are so many that understand who have. Who have all their faculties and and yet they are still vulnerable um, because of isolation, mm-hmm. um, because of just not having someone else to take a look at things. So we're encouraging, especially our seniors, mm-hmm. to have someone else take a look. If someone's calling or sending you something, show it to someone else. Can you imagine the devastation and the loss of dignity that she must have have, have felt? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fortunately, we have very very passionate. Um, Adult Protective Services, very passionate district attorney's office and law enforcement here in Stanislaus County. In fact, one of the luncheons you just mentioned Mm -hmm. um, in July, we had our new sheriff, Adam Christensen, our new district attorney, 
Bridget Flattiger, who came and spoke at our SIBA luncheon. What a wonderful luncheon that was. Very, very supportive. Was very great. supportive of our work, and they, they pledged to continue the prosecution, um, the investigation of suspected dependent adult and elder abuse. So you network with many people like them and, and some others as well. Who we else do. Who else do you work with, Tammy? We have a SIPA core team that is comprised of area law enforcement, the district attorney's office, the public guardian. Uh, we have medical. We have financial institutions. We have fire. Social Security. Thank you, Monica. Wow. Yeah, Social Security <laughs> Administration. Who else Others, am I forgetting? Other yeah. uh, social service agencies. You know, serving seniors, the area agency on aging. Right, they're they're biggie too. It's it's good to see everybody networking. And that's the key thing is yeah. we share information, we network, and we're all trying to achieve the the same goal, which is to keep one step ahead of the bad guys. Now, obviously, our our footprint goes all over the nation as well as the world, and other people may be wondering, hey, is there a resource? like this in my area. Is it common for uh, an organization such as yours to be present in, in most counties around the nation? If, go ahead, what Monica. we've discovered, and again, you know, since we were both Tammy and I are fairly new to uh, Catholic Charities and, and SEPA, is that Stanislaus County um, is really a bit kind of ahead of the game, mm. uh, ahead mm. of many counties. Now, there are certainly some uh, larger counties in, in the state that also have some very good programs. Um, but there was some very um, um, forward-thinking On the cutting edge, yes. On the cutting edge mm-hmm. about, you know, eight or ten years ago in Stanislaus County that um, really took a leap in, in putting things together here. So we, awesome. I think we feel like we're kind of ahead of the curve Great. in Stanislaus County. We should be pleased. Absolutely. But in terms of your question there, uh, Pastor Mike, in other counties, usually you won't see a nonprofit like Catholic Charities operating a SEPA-like entity. Usually it's Adult Protective Services or the District Attorney's Office uh, who has some unit or, depending on their funding, maybe not even a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the level of coordination and cooperation that we have between agencies in Stanislaus County is really impressive. It's yeah. very phenomenal. Yeah. And you say depending on their funding, but really I think it comes down to depending on their commitment. Yeah. Because right. if they're committed, then they find the funding. Right. It's, it's commitment it. and funding kind of go hand in yeah, hand, they don't do. they? Yes, Indeed. because you, you have to be committed and involved and, and where your heart is, there there's your treasure uh, also, isn't it? Well, thank goodness there will be no elder abuse uh, or child abuse in heaven. Would you agree with that? A little country flavor to this week's musical treat as uh, Rob Paisley and Dolly Parton sing When I Get Where I'm Going on Lighthouse Life. When I get where I'm going On the far side of the sky The first thing that I'm gonna do Is spread my wings and fly I'm gonna land beside a light Run my fingers through his mane Or I might find out what it's like To ride a drop of rain Yeah, when I get where I'm going There'll be only happy tears I will shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years I will love and have no fear Yeah, when I get where I'm going Don't cry for me down here I'm 
Gonna walk with my granddaddy And he'll match me step for step And I'll tell him how I've missed him Every minute since he left And then I'll hug his neck Yeah, when I get where I'm going There'll be only happy tears I see my maker's face I'll stand forever in the light Of his amazing grace That's Brad Paisley along with Dolly Parton when I get where I'm going on Lighthouse Live along with Pastor Mike. Mike, <laughs> you know what? This name thing. <laughs> I bet you've been called a lot worse. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Mike Well, Lane, yeah, today even. Actually, Tammy yeah. Menezes and Monica Ramos uh, joining us from SEPA. And thank you so much for being here. And I think I'll just back out of this. <laughs> you know, friends, uh, we just would invite you to check out our, our website, our daily website, as it is updated uh, daily, www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org, where we, we post daily the needs and opportunities that there are to serve, and many of them include working with the elderly and, and senior people mm-hmm. of our population. You know, we were talking earlier about serving with the young people at Modesto Covenant Church. They had several teams going out, and uh, some of them washed windows with Habitat. Uh, they uh, cleaned up the yard over at Tapestry uh, House with uh, Youth for Christ. And uh, many of them uh, did some paint jobs indoors. And one lady shared with us last night at their celebration that she talked with an elderly lady who uh, was disabled, very, very uh, down in her health-wise. And she was just kind of laying on her couch and she began to cry, and she was very depressed. She had no one to talk to. Mm. Well, the lady who was serving, she just said she just forgot about the the painting and the cleaning that they were doing in her home, and she sat there on the sofa just talking with her, holding her hand, and she says, you know, and this is the, the Christian lady, she says, I've never felt comfortable enough to pray aloud with someone, but she 
felt led to ask this woman, she says, can I pray for you? And they did right there on the sofa. They just prayed and had a very special moment. And that's that's very touching. Well, you know, and, and Elaine, we've seen this time and time again as people will go out especially serving the elderly and especially folks who, you know, maybe in early stages of Alzheimer's. And there was one, one guy uh, who was in the early stages and his wife um, had some other disability, you know, and, and, a, and a team came out from one of our local churches. I think it was Big Valley at that time and, and uh, just cut their yard mm. and they just bonded, you know, with this couple and wound up going out, uh, I think, every month, you know, for a while to take that's care terrific, of them. And that's what it's all about is developing those relationships. And a lot of these people, as you say, are very lonely, some of them abandoned by their families, sometimes for, you know, maybe some, I don't know if there's a good reason for that, but understandable reasons anyway, and other times not. Uh, But the point is that they are, a lot of uh, seniors are, are in desperate need just for some contact. You know, with something other than the television, and this is a great opportunity. You know, you mentioned the Alzheimer's and dementia uh, aspect. I think of George, our volunteer here at ABC at George. He connected with a gentleman in his 80s who is in the beginning stages of that, and George has committed to every week going and taking this man uh, to run errands, do shopping. They have meals together and just, just talk and visit and it's a huge need and so we just encourage our volunteers to take the time to help someone to um you know just small acts of kindness and in doing those kinds of things sometimes you learn other situations other needs that go a little bit deeper and tammy you were talking about uncovering some needs that are there what kinds of things can we keep our eyes open to and what what alert signals maybe what red flags should we be alerted to Well, first of all, before I answer that, I just want to say that I do know how you reach out to the various faith communities, and I really appreciate how they all come together to try to help Mm. and do good in our community Mm. here. You provide a very valuable service for networking these different faith communities of all denominations (laughs) so they can be a bit organized. Mm. But the types of things that we we would ask that we're going to be giving some information at our event on August 24th, are things about looking when they're out visiting. Have they noticed someone who maybe uh, would be around in their yard who's no longer in their yard? Why aren't they in their yard? Um, mm. if, if, they're, if they're not able to carry a conversation, if there's some confusion, um, someone may not be watching them closely enough, but maybe they're having a medication problem. Mm. And that's going to affect then who they open the door to, who, how they answer the phone. Um, we're asking for those who, who, who are nervous, who are afraid maybe. Um, and that's some of the information we give to our banks when we go in and train our tellers too, is, right. is if you see some different difference in behavior, um, that's certainly something that is a red flag. And that means that something's different going on in this person's life and maybe they need some help. Mm. Are people reluctant to say something? And if they needed to say something, what should they do? They're usually reluctant because they feel like they're going to get someone in trouble or they're they're going to call to get help and and uh it's going to cause trouble for someone mm. and that's the one of the biggest messages that we're really trying to put out to our community and everyone who's listening can hear this too for their community is that their adult protective services are there to protect adults and they are not there to arrest anyone they provide helpful information referrals if someone is in need of services they can help point them in that direction. If someone needs protection from someone who's taken advantage of them, they can help them with that. You so. know, there, there was a day, 
in in America where you watched out for your neighbor. Mm, you know, I remember yes. growing up when when I was small and. Uh, my grandpa was the local pharmacist, you know, and, and he watched out for all the little old ladies on the block, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, if one wasn't out raking her leaves when she normally would, why, you know, he'd go over there. But we've kind of lost that kind of connection Indeed. in today's yes. society, haven't we? And I would just challenge you, friends, that that would be a very cool thing to reignite. And wherever you are in your neighborhood, you know, just start watching, develop some relationships, and, uh, you know, watch out for some of these uh, points that, that Tammy's giving us. I think they're a great, great way to be able to serve people right in your own block. Right. And don't be afraid to call in and get them help. Don't be afraid. Even yeah. if you're wrong. Even if there is a, a perfectly logical reason why, you know, you haven't seen someone for a while, that's not a problem. <laughs> you know, it, Better to be safe than sorry. Be better to pick up the phone and make that call. Who would they call? Adult Protective Services. Do we have a number Start there? we can give that? Our local number in Stanislaus County. Um, well, first of all, a good referral number is probably our number, which is 529-3784. Yes. Um, I'm going to dig around on our reporting information, see if I brought any here for the APS number. Um, I would, I would, it, I would imagine uh-huh. even so, if they call your number, that uh, they would be able to be referred Absolutely. on, and uh, w- without a and, and, and again, I want to underscore: this is a very safe way to do this, and right. uh, you know, the, you don't need. It, it is far more important to be able to serve that person uh, than it is to worry about you know the possible effects upon you. I mean, this is just. I mean, we just need to be we need to be about the business of loving our neighbors as ourselves. And I would say, friends, uh, from Christ's command there, that if you were elderly and lonely and in trouble, you would sure want someone to make a phone call for you. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And also, too, we should probably clarify that Adult Protective Services, they respond to calls for help in the community for those who are out in their homes, who are on the street, in their homes, in a grocery store, wherever they happen to be. Uh, those that are, though, who are in assisted living and skilled nursing facilities, those people who that someone is concerned about that maybe need someone to be an advocate for them, they would then call the ombudsman, which is also our office here in Stanislaus County. Um, we so. ha- we had a couple of the ladies, just precious, precious. Pat and, and uh, Delaine uh, joined us a few months back. And I'll tell you what, what a great, great awareness and uh, uh, an outreach to the community to be aware of those types of things because abuse is an ugly word, isn't it, Tammy? It is. Yeah. It's a word that we want to eradicate. Yes. <laughs> Not only with elder abuse, but child, child abuse. abuse yes, it. it's it's an ugly word. And I think we have to keep on reminding everyone it truly is ugly. So call it as it is. It's ugly. Let's let's talk a little bit about reporting requirements, too. I mean, everybody knows that uh, for teachers and and pastors and certain uh, uh, professions that were required to report uh, incidences of of child abuse that we suspect, but not a lot of people are always aware, especially amongst our our clergy ranks, that there are, are new obligations for us in terms of reporting requirements as well. Right? That is absolutely true. And and I think clergy, I, I know for a fact, clergy or ordained clergy, the part of their training, their preparation, is to receive uh, uh, specific classes on counseling and the emotional, psychological help that they provide when they begin their profession. Um, and sometimes the inclination, I believe, is to go ahead and counsel rather than to maybe phone in an agency, and I appreciate that. Um, so, yes, we are trying to make very clear uh, Pastor Mike, that 
clergy are required to report suspected dependent adult and elder abuse. They are required. And the same, the same reporting agencies apply in the community APS or in a facility ombudsman. And of course that, uh, that also brings the next step. And here's where, you know, these types of op- our training opportunities come in. We have to be able to recognize the signs of abuse and we have the privilege of, of having Pat and, and, uh, some ladies come out, mm-hmm. what about a year and a half ago, two years ago, right. uh, to our, uh, ministerium where mm-hmm. we, we normally pray, you know, every, every Wednesday, but, uh, took an opportunity afterwards to have a, a short luncheon and receive some great instruction. I would just encourage, uh, all my, uh, brothers and sisters in the clergy to consider taking advantage of that because it, it is an eye opener and you know what? It can just really make your, uh, your job far more, uh, effective. Absolutely. You know, it was a, it was a yes. great day of, uh, of learning for everyone who attended. And when you look at it, we are all responsible, aren't we? You know, I think that's a, a, an important piece, too, in that the clergy are the, quote, mandated reporters. But there are an awful lot of lay volunteers yes. in churches right. everywhere um, who have opportunities to uh, arrange help for people who need it. Um, but they've got to recognize it recognize that first and so the training that we're trying that we'll be putting together here um or presenting here in a couple weeks um we want to encourage the lay volunteers the uh the uh members of the congregation who um, would have opportunities to to also take part and and we know you're going to see the signs Uh, john uh a couple months ago was out helping a world war ii veteran and uh, he was somewhat isolated, but there was a uh, extended family member living in the home. And due to John's uh, just keeping his eyes wide open, it was discovered that there was an issue of uh, the, the family member stealing drugs uh, to support his addiction. And it actually became a, uh, a life-threatening situation. And, and John just came to serve with some other folks and happened to notice that this man wasn't normally where he's supposed to be. And uh, we're able to get him to a hospital and uh, preserve his life, you know, from that point. So, friends, we just want to encourage you, if if you are out there volunteering with us or some other organization through your church, no matter what, you are going to run into these circumstances. And we just encourage you to take advantage of these opportunities to get educated and recognize the signs of abuse when you see them. And and. Be bold yes, about taking yes. some action. I think you mentioned just a, a minute or two, Monica, that, you know what, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And it's you know? okay to but be wrong. But it's okay, and, and better to yeah. make a phone call than uh, to allow yes. some of these abuses to continue. Right? Friends, we're with our great friends, Tammy and Monica from SEPA, and we'll be back with lots more right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22, 39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. 
Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you live. Quick name test here, Pastor Mike, Elaine Harlan, <laughs> Tammy, and Monica. So good to have you guys here. Friends, we're talking about a not real wonderful subject, elder abuse and, and all of its ugliness. But, you know, I, I have to wonder, Tammy and Monica, with all of that that you see and have to deal with, do you see lives that are changed because of the awareness that comes about and because of whatever needed steps are taken in, in the lives of the people that you serve? Oh, I, I would say absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Any stories come to mind? Or you don't have to mention names, of course, but uh, what have you seen since you've been with uh, oh, SEPA? Oh, gosh. Um, 
For example, our financial institutions in Stanislaus County, most of them nationwide, are supportive. They don't want their customers to be taken advantage of. Ours have been very supportive for a long time. They put on a safe banking seminar, and we go out. In fact, we're going out tomorrow to Umqua Bank on McHenry Avenue right. to do a teller trading. Mm. But what we hear, the feedback we get, um, our customers going in, in particular lately, with these mail scams for lottery winners. They receive actual cashier's checks, lots of mm. times with original signatures wow. from regionally low banks people would recognize, like Washington Mutual, County Bank, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bank of the West, some of the most of the major banks. And uh, they receive a letter telling them that they've won money. And um, all they have to do is deposit this cashier's check into their account, but then they have to go ahead and take some of that out and forward it on to to a certain location. Well, the cashier's check they receive is not good; it's bad. Mm. And the they're so eager to to participate in this winning that they immediately try to draw money out of their own account, and that bad check ends up bouncing, and they ended up trouble in their account. And fortunately, a lot of our financial institutions and our tellers have been on the lookout for that. They've stopped it. they prevented it. When Good. customers come in and say, I want to do this, I want to deposit this, they'll ask questions, and they'll, they'll put a stop. So uh, I would say that what they have shared with us, the bank managers, is that our trainings have been working. Um, they've been able to prevent a lot of uh, financial abuse just because of being aware that's great. That's awesome. You know, that we've been is. talking about the faith community and, and banks. Are there other uh, facets of society that need this information and that you do training for? Absolutely. We're going out to Consolidated Fire Department three different shifts in September. Um, we're, and they, they cover, I think it's four or five different communities here in Stanislaus County. And uh, most people don't realize that firemen don't go put out fires. Most of what they do is about, what is it, 85%, close to 90% are actually emergency response phone calls for resuscitation, for for someone's fallen down, they can't get up, that kind of thing. So these firefighters, wonderful people, are out in the community and they're seeing things in homes. Mm-hmm. So it's very important, very critical that when they go out on a call and they help, they may see a situation where... Um, that someone needs help, that needs a referral. Maybe there are older people trying to live independently, and they just need a little extra help. And they'll go ahead and call it in and, and have someone from APS, for example, go out and visit with them and just see what their needs are to help them remain independent. You know, some of the others, there was a, a great story a couple months ago, I think, on the um, Sacramento Networks about a uh, mail carrier who came upon... I was just going to ask you, what about mail? I mean, they're they're there every day, right? Mail carriers, the PG&E meter readers, and, um, you know, all of the, uh, those folks, um, they're, they're great resources, and, and, you know, they see it, we just need to, we're trying to get the, the word out to those kinds of folks. Locally, we do have Modesto Irrigation District uh, that participates very regularly in our outreach efforts, that sits on our SEPA core. Um, who is aware of what we do, and they've actually been a, a great source of support and mm. keeping their eyes open. We don't provide trainings to them at this point. We're focusing so much on the financial community um, and our fire and our law enforcement agencies and our clergy, too. But we would, we have identified them as a very uh, worthy segment of the population that would come in contact with those isolated. We do want to do trainings for them, too, so they're aware. Can you give us that phone number one more time, Tammy, how people can get a hold of you and Absolutely. find out more information? We are area code 209-529-3784, and that's 209-529-3784. What about the educational community, Tammy, Monica? Has that been 
uh, effective for you to go there, uh, the college and universities, and even in the schools? We, we have actually gone in and done provided training to student nurses. We have gone in and done some co-training with um, social, I think, social science uh, classes. We have those that are going to be going into the profession where they'll be mm-hmm. servicing, serving others. Um, what I would like to see, though, mm-hmm. is that we begin to make our younger people aware. You yes. were mentioning, for example, that you had junior high students going out and helping the community in painting. Mm-hmm. That's the age group, the high school age group, that I would like to be made more aware that this is a valuable segment of our of our population, the elderly are. They are just as valuable as a newborn baby, and we need to protect and look out for them, too. Mm-hmm. Amen. Because the cycle of abuse, if it's not stopped, it's going to what? It's going to continue and go on and right. on, isn't it? And I think so it's, it's about... It's about being a good steward, being a good Christian, you know, valuing life, no matter what the age of life. You know, be careful with it. Help protect it. Look out for your neighbor. Our elderly, our senior people, our friends in the community are just precious. They're full of wisdom, stories. They've lived life to the fullest, hopefully, and they they have so much to share, so much to offer still, even in that season of their lives, don't they? Absolutely. And they re- reserve all the dignity and respect that they can get. Lane, can we give that opportunity uh, coming up one more time, uh, coming up on uh, the uh, 24th? Yes, it's uh, the 24th. It's protecting and helping our seniors, and it's going to be at the Salida Library Community Room. Come in and enjoy a lunch and and check in at 1130 until noon, and then you can uh, hear people talking. Bill uh, Jesperson is going to be there, and uh, he's an investigator with the District Attorney's Office, and then Pat Fanazia, our friend from the Ombudsman Program, will be there, as well as Jose, um, the supervisor social worker with the Adult Protective Services, Uh, and it's all about prevention and protection. So we would just encourage uh, all of our faith community and and anybody who's interested, right, Tammy, to attend. Absolutely. It's a really quick lunchtime presentation. We'll serve you lunch. They're great presenters. We'll get you in and out really quick, and it's very valuable information. And and again, it's important to RSVP, right, Absolutely. I would be nice. Thank you for RSVP so we know, so we're prepared for you. And again, the number is 209-529-3784. You guys are just doing awesome work. May God continue to bless you. And let's just uh, leave it with a thought about the golden rule, because we, we talk about that a lot, but this is what it is. It's very simple. Rule of thumb, guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Thank you all for being here with us tonight. Have a great week, and may God continue to bless you. Good night.